0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2565, Our Retirement Expenses, Where Does the Money Go? Part Two, by Darrow Kirkpatrick of caniretireyet.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Thanks so much for joining today. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to listen to yesterday's episode first. Today is a continuation from episode 2564. But if you're all caught up, then let's get right back into it and hear part two as we continue optimizing your life. Our Retirement Expenses, Where Does the Money Go? Part Two by Daryl Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com Number six, personal contributions and gifts. Miscellaneous personal care expenses, clothing, hair, etc., contributions, and gifts come to about $500 a month. This can vary depending on the season. Number seven, miscellaneous. Every month, about $100 to $200 leaves our pockets in miscellaneous, unidentified expenses. These are cash items like snacks, parking, or tips. We've managed to reduce this amount over time so that it's of little concern now. All our major expenses are tracked using credit cards or checks. We know where our money is going with a high degree of certainty. And number eight, taxes. As I've written elsewhere, our modest retirement lifestyle incurs minimal income taxes, an effective federal tax rate of less than 5%. Furthermore, only a portion of our living expenses must be covered by taxable income because we have substantial after-tax accounts we can draw on. Also, we rent now, so we don't pay property tax. Altogether, taxes just aren't a major expense category for us. I keep an eye on them, but most likely if they become a consideration, it will be because our income is better than expected and we're doing well. Housing. In my reader's survey and elsewhere on this site, I tend to talk about monthly retirement living expenses separate from housing expenses. That's because the majority of people, as they approach retirement, own their homes. We did. It's not that housing is free, but it's somewhat of a sunk cost at that point. So your focus will probably be more on those other expenses discussed previously. Of course, as I explored in depth in my post on renting versus buying, you'll be faced with plenty of ongoing house-related living expenses, even if you own your own home. Insurance, maintenance, taxes, and possibly interest, for example. We no longer own our home, having sold it last year, before moving to our ideal retirement location. So we currently pay $1,400 a month to rent a nice but modest two-bedroom house in a great location. Utilities, electric, gas, and water are included eliminating that variable from our monthly expenses. We have another $100 a month or so in related expenses, like storing our small RV, so call it $1,500 a month for housing. Roughly speaking, the investment income from the proceeds of our previous home pays for our rent now, though that's a risk factor we have to monitor. I don't know if or when we'll buy another house. I'm certainly in no rush. I think it would only happen if it made financial sense and was necessary to get the place and location we wanted. So far, that hasn't been the case at all. Living large. Bottom line, in normal times, we expect to live on approximately $4,500 a month, in addition to our cost of housing. But the past year hasn't been normal. Our spending has been higher. Why? A combination of relocation expenses and one-time costs to establish our new life. The majority of the recent spending has been replacing or upgrading household goods, outdoor gear, and clothing. Some of it has been on travel, mostly one-time family obligations. Very little has been spent on what I'd call lifestyle inflation, reoccurring expenses related to our living infrastructure. Am I concerned about this recent spending? Not particularly. I expect our expenses to flatten out into our normal budget in the coming months. We're already seeing that, and the timing has been opportune. We sold our house for more than originally expected. We're in a bull market and our portfolio has been delivering nice returns. This blog provides a small but steady income, and we recently received a modest inheritance that further bustresses our finances. Looking ahead. So, despite the spike in our expenses this past year, our net worth is at a high point. We feel secure. But is the direction of your net worth always a reliable indicator for financial security? Don't you need that growth in good times to offset the declines in bad times? To some extent, yes. To really understand the question for your own specific situation and assumptions, you'd need to run your numbers through a retirement calculator but living a little better when times are good and cutting back a bit when they're bad is basic human nature, tried and true behavior since ancient times. At least one modern researcher agrees with the general principle. Wade Fow writes, quote, with a willingness to cut spending when markets underperform, it's possible to increase the initial spending rate above whatever has been determined as safe for constant inflation-adjusted withdrawals. The intuition for this is that cutting spending when the portfolio is down reduces some of the sequence of returns risk facing retirees using a volatile investment portfolio. End quote. Sequence of return risk here refers to the irreparable damage done to our portfolio when you must withdraw from it in a down market. So, in practical terms, you get more bang for your buck by cutting back when the chips are down then you lose by living it up when times are good. Isn't that nice for a change? Put another way and simplified a bit. It's the difference between spending earnings, usually safe, versus spending principal, which can be scary. So how about you? In what categories are your living expenses similar to ours and where do they diverge? And would you rather stick to the same budget year after year in retirement or spend a little more when times are good? and then cut back when they aren't. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Our Retirement Expenses, Where Does the Money Go? by Daryl Kirkpatrick of CanIRetireYet.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. This post reminded me of some conversations I've had with retirees as they've attempted to answer this tricky question. How much will I spend in retirement? A really good place to start is to take into account how much you're spending now. But just like life before retirement, life after retirement is dynamic. Your health and age has a huge impact on your ability to spend. Bill Perkins, in his book, Die With Zero, popularized this idea of different phases in retirement tied to different activity levels that will affect your spending. They are as follows. Your go-go years are from 60 to 70. Your slow-go years are from 70 to 80. And your no go years are 80 plus. Your yearly spending likely won't be static for your whole retirement. It's more likely you'll spend more in the beginning and less towards the end of your life. According to a comprehensive 2021 survey conducted by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, nearly 46% of retirees reported spending less in retirement than they had anticipated. Furthermore, a study from the National Institute on Retirement Security found that retirees often experience a decline in expenses as they age. The NIRS report revealed that 80% of retirees aged 85 and older had lower expenditures compared to their spending in their mid-60s. Figuring out what you will spend in retirement is already a pretty challenging question, so I don't mean to overcomplicating it by introducing the concept of phases. What I hear time and time again is that it's incredibly important to be flexible and to reevaluate your financial plan or drawdown strategy on a yearly basis. But that's gonna do it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to both parts of this post. And I'll see you tomorrow for more Optimal Finance Daily. That's where your optimal life awaits.